Hey folks, welcome to episode 272 of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I am joined from Norwalk, Iowa by Kyle Wood. Yeah, we're back. Um, it's been like, had a pretty good little layoff there, uh, mostly because of the holiday, some of it because we wanted to go fishing, um, but it's good to be back and we're back with the tournament, so, you know, we're hitting the road running. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, which I guess is what we'll do pretty much from here on out because there's the uh, rescheduled or relocated uh, Toyota Series Northern Division event on Erie. And then there's like, what, mm-hmm. about two weeks? And then I think there's basically like a pretty big tournament from like then, uh, from, you know, basically the end of July until, I don't know, Christmas, <laughs> like every week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so <laughs> Pretty much. It's uh, it's going to be an intense second half of the season, um, and we'll try to keep up with it. Uh, no guarantees we survive August, but if we do, I think we're in it for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we got a good show this week. We have a, a TBD interview. It might be about smallmouths. Uh, we're not 100% sure on that. Um, and then, uh, Kyle, you and I are going to come back after this interview with someone who's surely amazing. And uh, talk about the uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit Super Tournament on uh, Lake Chickamauga, uh, aka the uh, Jacob Wheeler Charity uh, Lake. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Lake Erie uh, for sure, because you know there there are small mounts involved. There are actually possibly multiple lakes involved. Uh, we're going to talk high school fishing because you know we love high school fishing, and uh, that, that'll do it for this week. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tournament heavy episode, so buckle up. Yeah, and then next week I can virtually guarantee we'll like, be back in normal um, because we uh, don't have any other tournaments next week. You know, we're gonna I'll be back from Erie, and you know, all will be well. There's no holidays to yep. get in the way. Yep. Uh, but anyway, uh, that being said, here is someone who's phenomenal at catching bass. Well, all right, folks, this week. Uh... You know how much Jody and I love smallmouths, so we figured we might as well get one of the best in the game at Catching Smallmouths, Mr. Scott Dobson, to join us. Scott, thank you for taking time out of your evening for practicing on Erie to uh, chat with me. Hey, anytime, Kyle. It's good to be on. Thank you for having me. It, uh, you know, like I, like I teased there, uh, you know, we obviously have the uh, Toyota Series event that got Moved from the Thousand Islands is now heading out of Sandusky on Lake Erie. Probably by the fo- the time people are listening to this, um, I guess you guys will be in your last day of practice because I think Jody will have this up uh, on Wednesday. But the tournament kicks off Thursday. Um, Scott, how many days have you been practicing for this event? Well, I I guess it, it's, well, I'll take a couple steps back. I guess I started practicing probably. Uh, Last Friday, um, I okay. went out on St. Clair. Um, I went out on St. Clair on Friday, and uh, Saturday I worked down to the Lower Detroit River, sampled that, and then Sunday we made our way down to uh, Ohio. And uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I've been out down here at the Bass Islands. Now, oh. Lake Erie is called the Bass Islands because. 
they're named after the smallmouth bass, the Bass Island. So, uh, yes, yes, but, yeah. So been out here for three days. Got one more day of practice tomorrow, about a half day, and trying to formulate a plan and you know figure out how we're going to capture you know big fish out here, which here uh, down here at the Bass Islands is. I mean, I hear guys say they're catching four pounders, and me personally, I haven't caught one fish over four pounds down here in oh. the Ohio waters of Lake Erie. Some threes and, you know, higher threes and, you know, a lot of smaller fish. I mean, there's fish shallow from four to eight feet of water. And I've caught fish all the way out to 28 feet of water and everywhere in between. But it's, you know, a lot of little fish up shallow. There's some better fish out deep, but you catch one here, one there, and you really can't put together much of a pattern other than you catch one here and catch one there and you move on. Sure. Well, it's, uh, that's, it's interesting because... Generally speaking, like in the summertime on Erie, um, it tends to be more of a, like, you know, you find them on a spot and they kind of like, there's a group of them, right? Or maybe that's when they're, a little, they're out a little more. Well, I mean, there's, there's fish out, you know, the, the thing that they you know, take into mind is it's pretty much post spawn here on, on the Bass Islands of, you know, of, of Ohio and the fish got done i mean obviously fish probably spawn in april but a lot of them just got done spawning and they're really skinny they're really lethargic they're really lazy um they're just not super aggressive so and it's been blazing hot for like the last 10 days and i've never seen the bass islands or any waters on lake Erie this clear and pristine in probably 15 to 17 years i mean it's like a bathtub out there you can see the bottom in probably 18, 19 feet of water. You can kind of make out the bottom and you can't see fish in 18, 19 feet of water, but it's, it's, wow. it's super clear. Wow. Now within the last three or four days with these 90 degree days, uh, the water temperature during the day is getting up to like 84 degrees. That's oh. blazing hot. Right? Yeah. That's You've never seen the yeah. water that hot. Nope. Yeah. That's surface temp. And then in the morning when you get out, it's like 76, 77 and it warms back up to the mid eighties, but it's hot. And now you're starting to get a blue-green algae that's starting to form on, on the surface of the water. So it's making it, it's not making it dirty, but it's kind of greening it up. So the water's warming up super fast, and the fish, I mean, they they want to get big, and they are going to start getting big, and they are going to start feeding uh, actively. But people I'm talking to, no, no one's really on them. They say the same thing. I get a few good bites a day. But I'm not on a solid pattern where I'm going to go out and catch 20 pounds out here. Okay. Now, I'm sure guys are going to catch 20 pounds out here. It's going to happen. Someone's going to crack them. Um, it is Lake Erie after all. But, you know, typically when we come to Lake Erie, we got the Canadian waters open, and a lot of guys like to run to Peely or to the North Shore. Yes. And that's the more desirable place to be. And now we're restricted to Ohio waters and Michigan waters only. Um so that kind of restricts us to where we can go and catch the big fish. Well, so I'm glad you brought that up because um, that's obviously one of the the kickers. You know, uh, you know, this spring obviously, you know, COVID kind of threw a lot of things off. Uh, that's one of the reasons we changed from the Thousand Islands. But um, with Erie limited to the U.S. side only, uh, I mean, like w- when you choose to fish Erie. Um, do you kind of not discriminate or are you one of those guys that does like to go Canadian side? Like me personally, like I fished the Ohio waters of Lake Erie probably 
two times in my entire life. And this week being one of them, and I think I came out here last December, and we stopped at Kelly, Kelly's Island on, on our way to Peely. <laughs> and other than that, I can't remember the last time I've been on the Ohio waters. I mean, it's still a great fishery. I mean, there's a lot of fish out there. There's a lot of fish being caught, and guys are going to catch a lot of fish, and guys are going to catch checks, catching smallmouth. And I think guys are going to catch checks, probably catching largemouth here uh, around Sandusky and some of the harbors and, and, and the rivers and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I, me personally, I like to go – Canada. That's just where I have a lot of history. That's where I feel comfortable. So I'm out here practicing just like everyone else is. I'm trying to find new stuff and I'm trying to keep everything open. I'm looking shallow. I'm looking deep. I'm looking mid-range. And, you know, there's fish just about everywhere I go, but I'm just not seeing the big fish that I want to see. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like a 18 pounds a day is going to make the top 10. I mean, I'd like to think that would be the case, but it's probably going to take a little bit more than that. I, uh, well, I think, you know, that's kind of a good segue into, I got to at least ask you for this series event, um, you being, you know, the St. Clair maniac you are, is there, is there a possibility we'll see either yourself or, uh, do you think there will be guys in this field that do run to, to St. Clair given, you know, good conditions to get there and back? Yeah, it's definitely not out of the question. I mean, it's not a, I mean, it's a big run. I mean, it's not like last year when I ran 80 some miles on the St. Lawrence river and it was all river and it was flat as a pancake running from Sandusky to Lake St. Clair. You got to cross 40 miles of Lake Erie. And then you got 17 miles of the Detroit river. And then you got another 10 miles out to St. Clair. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's, it's totally doable if it's pretty much flat calm. I mean, it needs to be light and variable. If you get a eight mile an hour out of the southeast or a northeast wind, it could be it could be painful. So, you know, it's crossing my mind. I mean, I'd in a pipe dream, I'd I'd like to make that run one of the days, if not both of the days. Uh, it may not be doable, but on Friday I went out with uh, my team partner Kyle Green, and we put twenty five pounds together between the two of us. And uh, he went out yesterday. And he caught like 22 and a half pounds between eight and noon. So St. Clair is on fire. St. Clair is always good. It's historically been a good lake. And that's just on the Michigan side. And I know that there was a Canadian tournament over the weekend and there was three bags over 25 pounds brought in. Jeez. Now, granted, that was a team deal, but Lake St. Clair is, it's incredible. It's, It's probably the best I've ever seen it. You know, being in the COVID um, lockdown and spending a lot of time on Lake St. Clair between March and, you know, end of May, uh, I've been out a lot. My son and I, and we've caught countless fish over five pounds. I took him out last. So I think Wednesday we went out and he caught his first six pounder, you know, at 14 years old. And we put together a 25 pound bag too, but it's, you know, St. Clair is an incredible fishery. Lake Erie is an incredible fishery and the Canadian side of Lake Erie is an incredible fishery. And, and, you know, just everyone I talk to, all my friends that live down here and fish out of the Bass Islands, they say, you know, it's not the best time of year to come here, but there's still going to be a lot of fish caught. And if I can make it to Lake St. Clair, I'm going to go. If I make it back, that'll be great. And, you know, probably got about four and a half hours of fish. Um, if not, I could even run to the lower Detroit 
the river, the fish down there, maybe catch, you know, 19 or 20 pounds. And I just feel more comfortable because I know the fish are healthier up there and they're a little bit bigger. These fish here, sure. a lot of them are skinny and every once in a while you catch a, a plump fat one. Interesting. That is kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the weird dynamic about where this tournament's going out of because I think the last time we had a series event on Erie, it was out of Buffalo. So you're looking at the east side, uh, you know, it, really you're pretty much dealing with Lake Erie. Where we're out of this time, you know, like you mentioned there, it, it isn't out of the question to make it to St. Clair. But also, uh, I kind of want your thought on just, obviously you talked about how on fire St. Clair is. Um, then you have the the lower Detroit River or the river itself and then Erie. Um uh, I would have to assume like fish spawn at different times across there, like between Erie and St. Clair, uh, even though they're relatively close proximity, are they, you'll find them on beds in one, not on the other kind of thing. You know, there, there's, there were some stragglers still on beds here at the Bass Islands, um, but they've been pulling off like, like as the day's gone on, like fish oh, off sure. a couple days ago, they're, they're now gone. Now, granted, the water's a lot warmer down here, St. Clair. You got the uh, St. Clair River water dumping into Lake St. Clair to Lake Huron. It's a lot cooler up there. It's probably 69 degree water temp coming out of the St. Clair River into Lake St. Clair. Then out in the lake, it's probably in, in the mid-70s. Uh, oh, okay. Probably a little bit warmer now. It might be 77. So it's a cooler lake, right, mm-hmm. by nature. And then it runs to the Detroit River into Lake Erie, and it warms up in Lake Erie. The western basin is a is a shallower basin of Lake Erie. It's a shallower side of Lake Erie compared to Buffalo. So sure, sure. the water warms up a lot quicker, and it's a lot of rock, so it, it warms up fast. But there's probably fish spawning on Lake St. Clair right now. I haven't been probably more on the Canadian side, and we don't have, you know, we can't go over to the, to the Queensland. We're restricted from traveling to Canada. Right. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Uh, it's it, really going to suck if we can't go there in, in August when we have the tour. Well, I, so I was going to bring that up uh, because I think right now I haven't been paying super close attention to it, but it's supposed to be like the end of July, right? That the that travel restriction is supposed to maybe be lifted. Uh, or yeah, early so that's uh, yeah, it's July twenty first is when the travel ban is in effect till, and then I think they're going to revisit it, you know, on or about the twenty first and. Me personally, like my gut feeling tells me that it's going to get extended another month and we're probably going to be fishing Ohio waters and Michigan waters for the tour event in August. Now, I'm praying that's not the case. And even if it is, it's still going to be a great tournament in August when we roll around out of Trenton. Uh, I think August 11th we start. There'll be plenty of water to fish. And there's plenty of water to fish here for the Toyota Series going out of Sandusky. I mean, you know, you can run plumb down to uh, almost to Cleveland. You got the whole south shore of, of Lake Erie. You got the Bass Islands. You got all the way over to Toledo, and you got all the way up to the Detroit River. And you know, if you get a wild hair, you want to run up to St. Clair. I guess you could go there. But uh, so yeah, it's the whole COVID thing. It 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 put a pinch on a lot of us, and we had expectations to go to St. Lawrence, and we have had expectations to go to Hartwell and Cherokee, and you know, we could have been on Lake St. Clair last week or a week and a half ago for yep. the yep. the end of June would have been our season finale. And, and it would have been an absolute slugfest. It might have rivaled 
two years ago when we went there in 2018 and we wow. put those monster bags in the scale. I mean, it, the, the lake was super clear. It was calm. It was sunny like every single day. I'm like, wow, sure would have been nice to be fishing this tour right now. <laughs> oh, man, no kidding. Um, well, you know, I, I don't want to stop talking about St. Clair, but I do kind of want to ask you, you know, just while we're on the subject of the changes, um, you know, like moving this, just this series event off of the Thousand Islands, were you, how bummed were you uh, that it got oh, switched? I, I was like, I'm like, I heard rumors that, then I saw a post from Messina that they were going to cancel the Toyota series event. And I'm like, Oh man, like I had plans to go up there and take my son and use it to practice with me. And then we're going to fish the tournament. We're going to stay up there an extra week and just have fun and scout around for the championship. And, oh. you know, even that's up in the air right now, who knows if we'll be going to the St. Lawrence or the championship. So right. Right. That's uh yeah. So, you know, the St. Lawrence river, I have a lot of history there. Um, I feel comfortable there. It's a river, you know, you got the lake too, and it's just loaded with big fish and it's an incredible place to be. And it's beautiful country up there, but you know, I'm hoping maybe next year we'll have another shot to go back there and I'll be right there chomping at the bit. You know, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think, uh, I, I'd be shocked if next year we didn't have it, uh, on the schedule for the series event, uh, for sure. Because, uh, I mean, it is, you know, it, you, you know, being a Michigan guy and, you know, fishing Great Lakes and stuff, like, I mean, you no doubt experience lots of really good smallmouth fishing. Jody and I have talked about this before. You know, he hangs out in Champlain a lot and catches smallmouths in Vermont. I'm from Minnesota. You know, I fish on Mille Lacs and, and, you know, all the other great smallmouth lakes in Minnesota. But there is something about the Thousand Islands that if people love smallmouth fishing, if you have never been there, you got to go. Like, you got to go. Oh, you got to go. And I mean, it's, you can catch them any way you want. I mean, smallmouth shallow, smallmouth deep, in the current, out in the lake, you know, it, you can sight fish, you can throw spinner baits, swim baits, jerk baits. I mean, you name it, you can do it. I mean, you can catch them under docks. It's, it's a, such a diverse fishery and it's an expansive fishery too. I mean, from Messina all the way out to the ducks, all the way down to Henderson Bay. I mean, mm-hmm. you got, 140 miles of, uh, well, you got 90 some miles of, of river and then you got the, all the, all the lake out there and all the islands. And it's, yeah, I love it. It's, it's incredible. And it's a place that you want to go and take someone to catch that trophy, you know, five pounder, or maybe even a six or a seven. Yeah. It, it oh, rivals, yeah. it rivals St. Clair. Like, I don't know which is better, you know, the St. Clair Detroit river, you know, uh, Western basin of Lake Erie or, thousand islands to me they're like right there neck and neck oh yeah i i think uh i I can't i can't argue with that at all it's just the the other thing about um that thousand islands reason especially like you know if we're pimping it to people right now that you know some of the listeners that maybe want to take a vacation up there at some point with their family like if it blows 30 one day and you wanted to go fish lake ontario you're fine like you can still go fish and have a banner day catching smallmouths in the river and not get tossed around, you know, dealing with like five footers. Yeah. I mean, you can go into Alexandria Bay. You can go down to Ogdensburg where it narrows down. I mean, you can go around Clayton. Uh, you can go on the backside of Wolf Island. I mean, there's tons of places to get protected and there's tons of boat ramps that you can launch out of. And, uh, 
I mean, that's, that's just it right there. I mean, you can, you can, you know, launch in the lake. If it gets rough, you can put back in and drive into Cape Vincent, drive down to Clayton, you know, drive down to Chippewa Bay. It, it's yeah. Possibilities are endless. For sure. For sure. Um, well, I kind of want to take a little bit of a break talking about St. Clair. Uh, we'll come back to that here in a little bit, but I think we should talk a little, I want to talk a little pro circuit with you uh, because this year uh, you're having a pretty good season. Um, you know, you came out hot with a top 10 on Rayburn to start the year. Um, you know, you've been cashing checks pretty much ever since then. Um, with the, the next two events coming up, the lacrosse Mississippi river, and then obviously Detroit river, uh, to end it. What's your, uh, what's your thought on the, the home stretch here? Have you ever, you've been to lacrosse before? You know, I, I have not up to about. I went the week before Chickamauga. I I left early. I left a week early. I drove to Lacrosse. I spent four days out there. I fished uh, the Alaska pool, and for a day, and then I spent three days on um, the Lacrosse pool. And my main reason to go was not so much to figure out what the fish were doing then. It was more just to kind of get a feel, a vibe for the river, how to run around, how to navigate through the sloughs and the channels, and mm-hmm. not hit wing dams and <laughs> Which when is I went, important. <laughs> yeah. The water was really low. It was like seven and a half feet. And by the time I left, it was down to six and a half feet. Oh, wow. And I think when the last time you guys were there um, a few years ago, I think it was 17. I think it was like nine and a half feet. So, oh, yeah, that was that was pretty, pretty good. You know, you're not in a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, like I was getting stuck <laughs> on sandbars, you know. I was like, you know, wing dams and it was pretty gnarly. Uh, and I had a good time. Uh, I caught smallmouth. I caught largemouth. I felt pretty comfortable being a river system. Uh, it kind of has the same flow to fish in any, you know, river like the Detroit River, the St. Clair River. You can kind of read the water and figure out where the fish are going to be. And they're in pretty predictable places. So I'm excited about that tournament. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a mixed bag tournament, uh, both smallmouth and largemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, actually fished a little uh wednesday nighter tournament when i was down there with a guy and, and we had uh i think we had three that went um nine and a half pounds dang and so that was pretty stout we won by like a pound and a half or two pounds or something <laughs> and uh you know that felt good and then uh you know then i rolled down the chicken maga so lacrosse it's, it's going to be a great, great event. I mean, we're going to have 200 some boats out there, so it's going to be busy and there's probably going to be used water, but everything from what I saw and not ever being there before, you know, it looks like it's going to shape up to be a great tournament. And now the water level fluctuates. I know that it came up this week. Uh, my roommate, Ron Nelson's over there practicing right now and I haven't connected with them, but I did look at the water forecast and it looks like it's going to drop back down to like seven foot. So, you know, if we get there and the water's up a little bit, I think it'll be a great tournament. If the water's down and slow, I mean, people are going to be breaking lower units and getting stuck on sandbar. It's going to get messy for sure. (laughs) Everyone's going to be calling Tom Manchur to get his his airboat to come pull him out. Yep. Yep. He's going to make a killing that week. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm excited about that one. Uh, You know, being, you know, both smallmouth and largemouth and being a river, uh, it should be a great event. And then, you know, we basically have about a week in between and then we start practicing for 
uh, Trenton out of the lower Detroit river. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about that earlier, um, Detroit river, Lake St. Clair, Lake Erie. Now, whether or not we can go to Canada, it really doesn't matter if we're restricted from going to Canada, it's still going to take 22 pounds a day at that time of year, um, or more, you know, but, uh, it'll be a little bit more crowded, uh, on the Michigan waters. And, you know, I guess guys could run to Ohio, but it'll still be a great event. Well, and it's going to be awesome. It, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but, um, I was kind of curious what you think the breakdown will be in that pro circuit, that super tournament out of the, out of Trenton. Um, do you think a lot of guys, the, the safe call, at least in my mind, or the smart call would be run, go to St. Clair. Um, I feel like that's probably what you're thinking as well as uh, St. Clair. Like, why wouldn't you, even if you can only fish the U S waters? Yeah. I mean, St. Clair without a doubt. I mean, if you're like on the line for, the points championship, or if you want to make the, the title championship at the end of August and you want to go out and get a nice limit, the safe thing to do, to do would, would be to go to Lake St. Clair. I mean, if you want to swing for the fence and go for the win, you got to keep them both open. You got to, you got to look at Lake St. Clair and you got to look at Lake Erie and you got to keep, you know, the Detroit river in mind too. And even the St. Clair river, um, there's a bite that can develop in, in end of July, early August. Uh, where you can basically drag in the St. Clair River, much like you would do on um, on the Thousand Islands in the St. Lawrence River. Um, oh, okay. you know, that's that's a little bit of a gamble, but you can catch big fish doing that. And you know, the tournament could be one in the Lower Detroit River, it could be one in Lake St. Clair, it could be one in Lake Erie um, on the Canadian shore. You know, guys that want to run to Ohio. I mean, you know, that's obviously a wild card, but. Typically in August, it's pretty stable weather. You know, it's not going to be terribly rough. We don't have a lot of fronts that come through, so it should be pretty, pretty calm to get around. Oh yeah, I like, I like the sound of that. That's got me pretty fired. I mean, yeah. Jody and I, you know how much uh, Jody loves smallmouths. Uh, I can't get enough of them either. So anytime we're in smallmouth country, it's going to be a good tournament. But uh, when you can throw in like, you know, twenty-two pounds a day or better to win. That makes it all sweeter. Now, you also mentioned your roommate, uh, Ron Nelson, who is currently leading Angler of the Year. Uh, we got two tournaments to go. Jody and I are kind of thinking, like, if he makes it through lacrosse, you know, pretty well. He's got a decent lead, 30-some uh, points on John Canada. He's got, uh, which I don't think Ron's going to have an issue really on lacrosse. We make it to Detroit River. He's still got like twenty points up on second place. You think he wins Angler of the Year? I mean, I would. Yeah, I want him to. Obviously, I, and it would be great. And he's had a fantastic year, and he makes the right decisions. And he's smart, and he's analytical, and he's his, the way he thinks. It's like out of my realm. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll go into a tournament. I'll be a little bit more cautious, and I'm like, I wouldn't say that I, I would punt, but there's a couple of tournaments where I had to punt like Chickamauga. I had to punt. I had to drop back, take a punt, I had a cash check. You know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I tried to fish out of the crowds and I realized at the end of day one, that that's not going to work. And I had to jump in on some schools and like, Hey guys, sorry, I'm coming in. I got to snatch a few. So, um, <laughs> but so that didn't work out in my favor, but you know, Ron's having a great year. He's a great fisherman. And I think you're going to see a lot more of Ron Nelson in the years to come. Um, and I'm excited for him to get to, you know, St. Clair and he, 
he hasn't fished there a lot. Um, he's on the west side of Michigan, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm hoping he's going to get over and do a little, you know, pre-fishing sooner or later. <laughs> well, you know, you got to take advantage of this uh, little break before we get the uh, get lacrosse rolling here. Um, but I think it's uh, I, I don't want to dive into it too much, and I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, you know, you mentioned that Ron, like the way that guy thinks. Uh, it is really interesting talking to Ron because he, you can tell like when you ask him a question, there's like a thousand things going on in his brain. You know, even if you're just like, why did you skip that sank going to the dock? There's like a thousand things turning in his brain that he's thinking about. Like, well, I don't know. was the wind doing this, whatever it was. And then he'll give you an answer and it sounds so simple, but you're like, Oh man. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. I guess I didn't really think about that. You know, good point. Uh, that's almost yeah, every like conversation kind of, I have like Yeah, he looks at the big picture, and he'll look at the lake and just how it sets up, and he's like really broad strokes, and then he'll like really zero in on these little nuances of like how this does this, and the water does that, and the wind here, and the current this and that, and I'm like, okay, all right, whatever you say. Sure, man. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm just going to put a jerk bait in my hand and go catch, catch some fish. <laughs> right, right. Oh, gosh. Uh, I want to bring it back to St. Clair just for a second, because, uh, uh, for the folks listening, this is, uh, this is called multitasking. Uh, I do, I have a little preview to write for the St. Clair BFL that's coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, we've talked a lot about St. Clair already, but in, I think it's two weeks from now, I think is when it is. Uh, yeah. July 16th or 18th. Yeah. Sounds like 18th, maybe. What, uh, first of all, I want to know, what do you think it takes to win that one day BFL? Well, it, it depends if I fish it <laughs> or not. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving uh, Sandusky and I'm going to head up to Thousand Islands for a week. I'm going to take my boy up there and we're going to fish. Oh, nice. Sunday, nice. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I guess probably Thursday. And then I'll beeline back to, uh, to Detroit, and then I guess I'll d- decide how tired I am if I, I want to fish the St. Clair BFL. I'm sure I will. Uh, the way it's been <laughs> fishing, it's it's been pretty phenomenal. And I, you know, you'll probably have a hundred and some boats plus, and they're going to be restricted to you know Michigan waters. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's going to be a Michigan mm-hmm. waters only. I, I guess guys could run down to Ohio. That probably won't happen. Uh, but twenty two pounds is kind of my my guess um if you get a couple five pounders you can have 24 sure i mean the fish are that fat they're that healthy i mean i was out uh like i said on friday and we put together a huge bag that was two of us and um my big fish of the day came came on a spy bait um a new dual realis they have a a 100 series spy bait which is like a magnum spy bait and uh, I caught one, just a little over five on that. And um, it, I mean, the fish are just fat. They're super healthy. It's like they look like they haven't even spawned, but they have. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I so, assume... yeah, so, oh, go most on. Most of the guys are going to probably fit you. Anchor Bay, the mile roads. I mean, the, the usual areas where everyone catches them, they're all going to be in play. And the mile roads is a huge, expansive flat. It's, you know, 15 to 20 feet of water and the fish can be anywhere and they they move 
when they want. They have they have a fin. They swim, right? So <laughs> right. You catch them here today. They're over. They're a mile away tomorrow. But you know, guys are gonna you know dumb into them, and and you know, guys that are meticulous and they pay attention to what's going on. There, someone's you know, there's always the potential to get a mega bag. You know, 25, 26, 27, 28 pounds exists out there. It's not that common in that time of year, but it, it can happen. Uh, this like this mid July time. Are we looking at same kind of stuff uh, you would normally expect from like summertime uh, smallmouth? Like guys might catch them dragging a tube. They might catch them on a drop shot. Might catch them cranking. Like all those things are kind of in play. I think the crankbait bites a little bit later into August. So you're probably looking at you know your deep diving jerk baits. You're going to look at, at swim baits, drop shot tube spy bait um that's pretty much going to be it okay okay uh i can't let you go without asking you at least a uh the hundred size spy bait is that something you throw on a bait caster it is and you know i have always thrown the spy bait on the bait caster and you know they had the 80 and then they had the 80 g fix which is a little heavier version of the 80 and then they came out with the 90, and the 90 is 90 millimeters, so it's a little bit longer than the 80. Mm-hmm. And I started throwing that on a baitcaster years ago, and I throw it on 10-pound test, and I throw it on a crankbait rod. Um, I throw it, I, I use a Dobbins rod, a, a 742. It's, it's, it's almost like a medium-light baitcaster. Oh. And I use a 5.5 five to 1 crank and reel, so, it, so I'm not reeling it too fast, so it slows down my retrieve. I just kind of wind it in counted down to the desired depth and uh, you know if, if i'm in 18 feet of water i want it to get down to about 16 17 feet just before it hits the bottom so i don't pick up sand grass and i just kind of trace it back nice and slow and uh, so when the 100 came out this year it's just a bigger you know it's 10 millimeters bigger than the 90 it weighs a little over i think it's almost a little over a half an ounce uh oh. i could be wrong but it gets down there a little bit quicker, and it stays down a little bit longer. And you can definitely throw it on a bait casting rod, and you could probably even get away with twelve pound test. But ten is my go-to on the ninety and the one hundred. And if I'm throwing the eighty, I throw six and eight pound test. And uh, if I'm throwing the eighty, I throw that on a Dobbins seven forty-two rod. That's a spinning rod, and I throw blade braid to P-line tactical fluorocarbon six or eight pound test. And you know the same same concept. Okay. Count it down to desired depth and wind it in. And you know they got a ton of colors out right now. Duo has been stepping up their spy spy bait game, and they got probably thirty or forty colors out there, and they're all smallmouth killers. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Is there a window, like, is there a time of year that you think a spy bait excels more than others, or is it one of those things you can catch them on almost year round? I throw it primarily like post-spawn through early, early fall, you know, like when, once the water gets over like 68, 69 degrees, all the way up to, you know, through the dog days of summer. And then once like, like up here in Michigan, when September hits, uh, there's better baits to throw like, uh, you know, swim baits and umbrella rigs and, you know, that they get on the tube. But for me, it's, it's more of, okay, if it's flat, calm, and it's a tough bite and I need to get a finesse presentation out there, I'll throw the spy bait. If it's, you know, like right now, like it would be a perfect example. It's 95 degrees. It's slick, calm, not a breath of wind. 
you know, you, you, they're not coming up on the jerk bait and there's not enough wind. So the spy baits to go to. Gotcha. And if they follow it up and they don't eat it, you see them tracing it. They don't eat it. When you bring it into the boat, you just throw the drop shot down in the shade of the boat and catch them. One, two punch, man. Well, uh, Scott, I got to ask you one more thing and then I promise I'm going to let you go, but we have several listeners here that, um, are very much interested in catching fish on St. Clair, whether it's Canadian side or U S side. Um, do you feel like, is there a, a tip you could give to someone who hasn't had that great of luck on St. Clair before to maybe put more smallmouths in the boat? Maybe something you see a lot of people do wrong on St. Clair or, uh, like a little tip or piece of advice you could give to someone that's just trying to go out and have a good time. Like for me, like when I go out and I want to, you know, cover new water, a lot of guys will just go out and they'll throw a tube around, they'll throw a drop shot around, and they're really not covering a lot of water. So, like, I throw a deep diving jerk bait. You can cover a lot of water with that. You can throw a crank bait and cover a lot of water with that. And you may not always catch the fish on it, but they're going to show themselves. And then when they start showing themselves, then you can slow down and you can go to your drop shot you know, your tube, your net rig, and, and you can pluck them apart that way. So you really can't cover a lot of water just soaking the tube and cast around a drop shot. So I like to throw search baits to get the fish to show themselves, and then I'll slow down and, and throw the soft plastics on them. Oh, so don't be afraid to keep going. Don't be afraid to uh, not catch fish. Seeing fish is a good thing, right? Because at least you know yeah. you establish where yep. they're at. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Once they show themselves and then figure out how to catch them, you know, circle back through and, you know, maybe go by the crankbait. Uh, I throw a deep diving jerk bait a lot on Lake St. Clair. It gets down about eight to 10 feet. And like I said, a lot of times they're not going to eat it, but they're going to show themselves and you'll get two or three that will follow up the jerk bait and then, you know, throw it on the waypoint, hit your anchor mode on your Lawrence ghost. And then, you know, just fan cast around and, and catch them with a drop shot, a tube, and rig. And then it's, it's it's not that hard. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> you get around the fish, you're going to catch them. I love it, man. Well, uh, I'm going to let you get some rest. You got half a day of practice ahead of you. Uh, Scott, I wish you the best of luck this week. Safe travels to the thousand islands and back. Uh, we will see you in not too long at, uh, lacrosse. lacrosse um, yeah. and, uh, for the folks listening, I'm sure we will have more Dobson in the future. Uh, especially as we near that Detroit River Pro Circuit event, uh, we will definitely probably pick your brain and Ron Nelson's a little more. It actually probably be fun to have a little sit down, you, Ron, Jody, and myself, just a little shoot the bowl about small mouse in general. Uh, that could be kind yeah, of a fun round, podcast. Round table. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, for the folks listening, where can they follow you um, throughout the rest of your tournament season uh, on social media? Uh, Scott Dobson Fishing on Instagram and Scott Dobson on Facebook. Uh, easy breezy. Scott, like I said, I appreciate it, man. It's always a blast talking with you. And uh, I'm going to let you go get some sleep. And uh, I'm going to tune in to weigh in Thursday and see how it's going. Appreciate it. Thanks, Take guys. care, man. Take care, guys. So, Kyle, we are uh, now going to dive into the Tech Warehouse Pro Circuit Super Tournament that was, this was on Lake Chickamauga. It was what? two weeks ago now a couple of weeks it was yeah. a while back um you probably have figured out that jacob wheeler won um he had a two pound penalty on one of the days day three i think 
day three. And uh, yep. still weighed... Yeah, because it was when he caught the 10 pounds. Yeah, still weighed 93.12, uh, won by over 10 pounds. Pretty good, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, on like a domination scale... So I recently watched Brian, uh, the Brian Thrift, uh, his first tour win, I think it was. It was on Lake Norman. And I think he won by like 10 pounds. Which, like, on Lake Norman, winning on ten, winning by 10 pounds is like winning by, like, 40 pounds a lot of places. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. He was, like, already, like, I was watching the video. It's, like, in the final day. It's the final day, I think. He's, like, already wildly in the lead. And he catches, like, a four-and-a-half-pounder or, like, a five-pounder on a square bill. It's like, oh, my God, Brian. This is amazing. Anyway, <laughs> that was kind of what Jacob Wheeler did this week. Because, um, or, well, not this week. What, two weeks ago. Because yep. we had this gigantic field uh dude johnny mccombs double zeroed what happened uh there were anyway there were 204 people in it um uh okay while we're at the bottom here of the standings gary yamoto he finished 200th he caught uh three fish for the tournament it looks like um but he almost had a tree fall on him um you should look yeah. that video up. <laughs> he narrowly survived, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, point being, like, Wheeler crushed this thing. You watched him a lot. I watched him a fair amount. Like, it was extremely, extremely impressive. Yeah. It, the dude was, uh, it was kind of like, so we figured it would be one offshore. And it almost wasn't. Because uh, you had Jason Reyes. Uh, fish and shallow. Yeah, I mean, it almost wasn't, but also Reyes finished, you know, six, so four. I mean, he finished like five behind. pounds behind second place. So well, and a lot behind. Yeah, basically, uh, basically everyone just kind of ran out of steam on the final day, especially. Yeah, uh, where Wheeler did not. Well, except Cole uh, Floyd, our hero. Well, yeah. Uh, Cole kept crushing. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting because Wheeler had like some main river stuff. He had some stuff that wasn't main river. You know, he had like brush piles he caught some fish out of. Um, like he, he had just a good rotation of, you know, various things. But um, Chester Frost was where his big ones came from. Um, you know, he made that move final day, went back to where he caught the 10 pounder the day before caught an eight with like 20 minutes to go in his day before he had to leave. And it wasn't necessary, but it was super cool to watch because <laughs> he, uh, he had it pretty much wrapped at that point anyway. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, uh, to watch like a guy who's so dialed, uh, and like, he's kind of like, it's, it's a fun mix of maybe some Brian thrift. Cause the, like, Wheeler is just a fishy dude, man. Like, that guy just knows how to catch him. He's, like, and like kind of a... He's, like, kind of a high-energy thrift. Yeah. Like, thrift, he does all these same things, right? Where he turns left when he maybe shouldn't and it works and stuff like that. Like, he, he makes all those same brilliant decisions. But if you watch Wheeler, you can tell that, like, he's young and you know, athletic and, like, high energy. And Thrift, yeah. when you watch him, 
boy does he catch a ton of fish, but he does not exude like athleticism and like jumping around the boat and like let me try this let me try that <laughs> yeah. let me try you know he's just got like right. 40 rods on deck and picks one up and fires it and picks another one up and by the end of it he's done everything better than anyone else has but i don't know it's like wheeler kind of looks like he like he looks really good doing it if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah yeah for sure and he fished a really impressive tournament like you know obviously he won by a ton but like he also i mean boy does he know what he's doing on chickamauga yeah, he. I mean, he no doubt put a lot of uh, put a lot of time in for it, and it obviously paid off, um, which I don't think was like a huge shock necessarily. Yeah, um, I will. Say, I will say this though: like, if you, the other guy, obviously we didn't see Buddy Gross fish in the tournament. I would have loved to see Buddy Gross fish this tournament. Now, oh, it been awesome. maybe it's good for Buddy Gross's Chickamauga cred that he didn't fish this tournament. Jacob Wheeler caught 93 pounds in, like, late June. Uh, so, like, that's pretty baller. At the same time, gosh, would you have liked to see what he did? On the other hand, like, look at what Michael Neal did, right? You might not even remember what Michael Neal did because he finished 29th. And he caught 17 yeah, pounds caught on day one and 14 yep. pounds on the next two days. And if Michael Neal, real deal Michael Neal, can't catch a 20-pound bag, like... Gosh, you know, hats off to Wheeler, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting because, like, if you look at the top ten, and we talked about this uh, kind of before the event, you know, we were wondering, like, what would we see different from Chick? Like, would we see a shallow bite play? And we, we definitely did. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, which, was, which was actually pretty cool. A lot of those guys, now, like, the first two days of the tournament, I was up in the river and then on day two i think that's when i watched andy morgan and a couple of those guys <sighs> up on watts bar so beautiful uh which was super sweet but um you know i i never really got to ask you about like what it looked like on that lower end because the vibe like at weigh in there's a lot of guys you know obviously there was a lot of pressure but uh there were like schools of fish that moved or weren't there anymore uh that guys had found in practice um and then, like, guys could get bit, but, like, they were just catching two-pounders. Like, there weren't those – guys weren't getting that first, you know, five, six-pound bite out of a school and then, you know, getting them fired up and catching some more and then maybe another four-pounder. It just seemed like there were a lot of cookie-cutter fish getting caught off offshore down the lake. Yeah. Is that kind of like what you saw the first like, day or the first couple days? I mean, you could – there were certain schools with, like, quite a few fish, and – it seemed, I'm sure that sort of the some of the bigger ones got picked early. Because, like, if you look at Brent Ayler, he caught 18 pounds on day one, and then 14 pounds, and then 12 pounds. And the same goes for, uh, kind of the same would probably go for, what's his name? Um, Justin Lucas. You know, he caught 20 pounds on day one, then 14 pounds, and then oh, sucked yeah. and caught nine pounds. And, like, the way... It seemed to me that there were almost infinity fish out there. I mean, I I have... There were multiple times where I just, you know, sat in the front deck of the boat, feet in the water, you know, on spot lock, and just watched, you know, Meyer or Lucas, or not Meyer, Meyer or Ayler, like, basically just catch fish at will, and they were all the same size. <laughs> you know, I think probably Meyer, I, I probably watched him catch, like, you know, six in a row at one point. Same for Alex Davis, to be honest, on one school where he, oh, you know, okay. he probably caught 
six fish and ten casts. And one of them was, like, net-worthy. Um, and so it definitely, it was harder off the bank for some reason. Not from a number standpoint, but from a quality standpoint. Like, the really obvious yeah. deep schools, the ones that would just show up beautifully on a graph, were not composed of, like, big quality fish. Now, there were some occasions where guys ran into that. Like, if you looked at uh, Dakota Eber on day two, I think, he caught a big bag. He had, and he caught it almost all in about 10 minutes, all in one school. And it was a school other people fished, but for that moment in time, he had it to himself. You know, I drove by mm-hmm. him on my way to find Wheeler that day, and I saw a bear out in the middle of the river. I'm like, oh, get him, Dakota. And then when we rode back and he was crushing it, and, uh, you know, I was following Wheeler. I was, like, giving him a fist pump, like, yeah, baby, light it up. Because <laughs> I knew he was killing it because his marshal was sending the updates back. And, uh, you know, it was – and he was the only one there at that point in time. But then you rolled by there later in the afternoon, there were, like, four boats out there. Um, and, of course, you know, look at the next day, you never caught any more big ones, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely a deal where – it seemed like your flurries for truly offshore fish for big ones were pretty few and far between. And it was, yeah. it wasn't hard to just catch a lot of fish. You know, you theoretically, you didn't have trouble coming in with limits out there, but those opportunities for you to catch five or six, you know, four pounders in a row, like when we've seen, you know, the good old days on Pickwick and Kentucky and stuff like that, that just wasn't a factor this week or it was very rare you know it was much more like yeah you had to work all day to pick up one or two of those big bites um oh yeah yeah absolutely but like and you know uh like floyd he did that right he worked he would mm-hmm. he would go and he would fish and he would fish offshore but mostly pretty shallow you know less than 10 feet and he yep. would catch a lot of fish, and then there would be moments where he would get some big bites. And he lost one really big bite, which would not have been enough to win the tournament for him. But, like, you know, he had he had opportunities to weigh more than he did. At the same time, the fact that he stuck it out, you know, was pretty key. Like, you look at the final day, he had, like, 12 pounds, and he moved up the river, and then all of a sudden started catching three and a half pounders like crazy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. every forecast, all of a sudden it was a good one. And... That right, was not right. happening down the lake. Like Cody Meyer caught fifteen, twelve on the last day, and probably caught three hundred fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I don't. He probably stayed right pat in the standings. You know what I mean? Which, if you like yeah. watching Cody well, Meyer catch fish, that's great. But it's also not what you come to Chickamauga for. Yeah. Well, and even Wheeler on the final day, like he ran all the way down to the dam, uh, you know, fishing stuff. And, like, he was – catching fish wasn't an issue. It was just catching fish over, like, two and three-quarter or three pounds. Yeah. That was the issue. And without that eight-pounder, you know, he weighed 21 six on the final day. Without that eight-pounder, you know – It's a much different – I mean, he wins, but it's a, a much different day. It's like, boy, yeah. he really sputtered to the finish line there. Right. So, really, like, day three, he weighed 25-12, but he had that 10. And he had a two-pound penalty. So, really, he had – 27, yeah, I mean, 12. Day three. Uh, and, like, even without the 10, it's still a really good day. Because that 10 for sure. plays like But you know what I mean? Pounder, like, he know. got those super clutch Chickamauga kickers yeah. on day three and four, and that really helped him. Because normally, like, a dude doesn't get a two-pound penalty and win. 
you know, like it, Usually especially not. like yeah. with the guys uh, that they're fishing against. But to Wheeler's point of how dialed he is, like the guy knew where he could get those big bites, knew how to uh, get them fired up, and you know, kind of like Cole Floyd, just kept grinding through all day trying to make something happen because he knew at some point they're gonna bite. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, if you look at uh, the uh, if you look back at the tournament that Michael Woolley won in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught 26 on day one, 23 on day two, 23 on day three, and then 19 on day four, 92 pounds. So actually, I don't think he, I don't imagine he had any penalties, uh, but he had he less did. weight than Wheeler had. Um, yep. Also fairly sure he never caught a 10 pounder. Then Stetson Blaylock, uh, finished second was in the process of chasing him down day th- he day three he caught 25 12 day four he caught 24 one he lost a big one he caught like an eight pounder and f- like threw his spoon right back out there i know this because i was watching him and hooked up with the other fish that he marked down there and then lost it um so he he probably had the fish hooked to win that tournament, you know, to weigh a 27-pound bag on the final day and win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't. Um, but um, he so weighed 24-1 on the final day. David Dudley weighed 23-7 on the final day. But that same final day, Brian Thrift literally caught three keepers, which, what? <laughs> and Michael <laughs> Neal caught two keepers. So it's, I don't know if it's that the lake has changed. Uh, or if just the way we hit it is, you know, was dramatically different. Um, but uh, if you, like, if you look at it, it was way easier to catch fish in this one. But that sort of lightning strike quality really only happened with any degree of consistency for Wheeler. Like, nobody else yeah. could depend yep. on that three days in a row. You know what I mean? For sure. It happened two days in a row max. Um, but uh, I guess we'll... Uh, it. On the one hand, like I like Chickamauga because you can see really big fish and some really cool things can happen. On the other hand, it's... I mean, a ledge fishing tournament. I mean, gosh, give me the smallmouths, man. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, um, before we move on from Chick... Uh, we've already mentioned it before, but, you know, shout out to Cole Floyd uh, for crushing it. Uh, gosh, that was a, such a great idea to do a practice gallery Oh, yeah, gallery who decided him. to do a practice gallery with that cat? Because, man, what an idea. Oh, man, it, you it know, I been. think I'm just going to go ahead and pat myself on the back Yeah, was it one. someone from Norwalk, Iowa? I think it might have been. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the, honestly, also, one of the best calls of the century. Dude, that, that was, uh, I mean, why not, right? Like, dude. Hasn't done that great so far, rookie year. We knew, like, you knew he was going to break River. out, baby, and he did. He's going to do it. Thank you, Cole. Yes. Uh, also, a uh, cool note of one of the coolest things I have seen on the Tennessee River was the Miles Berghoff Mayfly thing uh, in terms of, like, something different happening Yeah. on, like, a, All right, I don't know, so quote, ledge tournament. He, he caught him on Mayflies. Uh, Joey Sefuentes also caught him on mayflies. Uh, Dude, and your pictures of Sefuentes, the mayflies there, holy buckets. It was 
crazy. Um, and like, also, it's a. I love I love our website flwfishing.com. Great place to be. Home for all fishing fans. Looking at the photos on the website, absolutely do not do mayflies justice. They are too fine detail. <laughs> they are too muddy on the website. Uh, get you the raw files. Get a nice big screen and bask in those mayfly photos, man. Because <laughs> that's where it's at. Um, it, it's really... It was so cool. And yeah, so... Explain what Berghoff had going. Because I think... like. So Fuentes was kind of just fishing the bank around a lot of mayflies, and, like, he was just catching fish, you know? But Berghoff, mm-hmm. like, had this really interesting kind of thing figured out. Yeah, it was like, um, he, he he had several bluff banks that he could do this on, but he, the one particular bank, I think it was namely days three and four that he fished it, uh, and maybe he went there late in the day, day two. Um, but it's basically like parts of those bluff where the, the trees grew like right at water level or almost water level, which is, you know, not a super common thing on a bluff bank. You'll see stuff growing out of them, but to have lots of, uh, leaves and foliage kind of like right at the water, water's edge, um, isn't, you know, a super common thing to find. So he had like these really small stretches on the bluff banks that there were like lots of fish. I mean that that it was it was day three because I left Wheeler and then he caught his ten pounder. But I left Wheeler to go to Berghoff because he was catching four pounders like at will. Yeah, like, like almost crazy. every cast. <laughs> uh, but it, it, he never really moved the boat. He just made the same cast at like the couple low hanging trees. Uh, the interesting thing is like I never really saw. I definitely never saw the mayfly. Uh, you know, the bulk of mayflies like you did hanging from the branches. And he said they were a little, they were like more there in the morning. I got there, you know, they'd been, the guys have been fishing for whatever, what hour and a half or something at that point. Uh, but it was still like, it was so crazy to see like these little specific areas on this whole bluff. And you could kind of look down at it and be like, I don't know. There's like some trees hanging down there. He said he'd only get bit in like these little, just these little 30 feet long little chunks of bluff where there was like lots of leaves hanging right at the surface. And it was crazy because you'd see like, you know, bluegills coming up and slurping them off the surface. And I'm sure the bass were, you know, mowing all things that existed there. It was just like lots of life in those areas. But it was really cool to to watch them catch fish. And it was like a very nice uh, breath of fresh air into a ledge fishing tournament yeah i wish he'd caught some giants like i wish there'd been like a school like Dude, 10 pounders right? like couldn't that wouldn't that have been amazing if there were just 10 pounders like chomping on bluegill left and right <laughs> oh man um, i will say a tennessee river mayfly hatch is like we saw those mayfly hatches up at uh st Clair, and it was incredible but it felt to me mm-hmm. like they were more in the way than anything else like i never <laughs> saw stuff eating them they were just everywhere but man, on the Tennessee River, there are so many bluegill and sunfish or brim uh, that are just around ready to eat those things. It's a wild. Yeah. I've seen it on Kentucky Lake, uh, you know, like by the bridges there. And I've fished around them and you'll have, you'll see bluegill dimpling the surface every second. 
And sometimes there's never, not a bass around them. And you're like, what are the bass doing? Get over here, guys. Um, <laughs> you're missing the boat. <laughs> this is where the bluegill are. You can eat them. They eat the mayfly, you know. But it's incredible the amount of life that just shows up all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. It, it was very cool. Um, I do want to give a shout out to John Cox. You know, for a while he was, I mean, he is and always will be our hero. Uh, for a while, it looked like he had a chance to win this tournament. Um, yeah. And uh, he was doing it shallow, which we love. Uh, and uh, also to uh, David, the human highlight reel, Williams. Because, um, uh, <laughs> dude, you know, skipping docks for a top 10 in a 200-boat tournament in Chickamauga? Pretty ball. I like it, man. I like it a lot. <laughs> Pretty ball. You know who didn't you know, skip Dawson in this tournament? Brian Thrift. <laughs> so, David? He did. He caught a three-pounder. Well, you know who uh, didn't do it man. enough? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, really shout out to the whole top ten. Uh, there were a lot of interesting patterns and, like, I- impressive ways to make it into the top ten. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Like, we've had Kentucky Lake top tens where basically everyone did the same thing just on different spots and this was not the case you know you had no this was uh this was kind of cool almost everyone was doing something different uh it really it really was i will say i saw a lot more worms you know wheeler threw a worm a lot cole floyd threw a worm a lot yep uh alton jones threw a worm some but i didn't actually see him throw a worm a lot despite him holding up a top 10 baits photo with a worm (laughs) <laughs> Not that I watched him the whole time, you know. Maybe he was just trying something different when I was there. Uh, but uh, worms kind of played in this one. I was impressed. I was like, oh, "What do you know, worms? Or worms are back, baby." Yeah, it was also interesting. Uh, like Wheeler, uh, the rotate like like a Nico rig. Uh, I think he threw for a worm. Um, he also had just like a big worm, uh, like, you know, like a 10 inch worm, uh, on a Texas rig. Uh, but like the hair jig, a Nico and that DT 16 or 20, uh, that dude, like he smashed him on it. Also, if you haven't seen day five, you should, oh, watch, you it should watch day five. It's... We also wrecked him, uh, on spots. He didn't even fish in the tournament. And then. He did the classic, like, oh, man, I should have fished here. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Really, yeah, you, I feel totally really bad should. for you. You forgot to fish here at this spot. <laughs> it's it, definitely <laughs> tough tough going. Um, oh, man. You know, the like, Brian Latimer should have had you fishing with him in the tournament. But most of the time, I'm like, yeah, sure, you should have fished here. You just won, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, it would have definitely helped be lad if he'd had you on board, though, because like, mm-hmm. he pretty much... Uh, he wrecked shop in that one. Um, hey, man, that's the Skywood way. Flip fluoro sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's just a case in point. Um, yeah, fluoro's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's at least mention AOI, uh, where our hero, Ron Ooh. Nelson, is still in the lead. Still chip. Man, he was tore up at this event, too. Dude. Uh, he, or during Chickamauga, I should say. He, like, so he had a really good practice, and then, like, day one, was really a struggle until the very end, and then he crushed him. And then it went right back to being a struggle bus for him. He had, like, he had, I mean, he had a really impressive tournament because he made the cut and did great, and he's Ron Nelson. But 
he did kind of give up a little ground in this one. Yeah, he's like 26 points up on John Canada, I think. Uh, that might be some really terrible math, but it could be pretty... It, nope, it's, maybe that's no, it's math. correct math. Although, I'm reading the AOI update that I wrote, and so I did the math for that, which <laughs> is, as you know, many people listening know, I don't get along well with math. So numbers are hard, man. Dude, they're so hard. I do not get it. Now I can count to five pretty well, which apparently no one else in bass fishing can do. Um, <laughs> we're really and like here's the thing: I don't think Wheeler went to college, or if he did, I don't know where he went. He just started fishing stuff and crushing life. But yeah, like, I think he did just start fishing. John Garrett, Shane LeHugh, these boys like went to school. You guys got degrees. You were, I think. Yeah, I mean, granted, college fishing is not like known for like you know the best and brightest. It's like more of the best fishermen. Uh, but like, come on, Bethel, teach your man how to count. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's something in the water in bass fishing right now. Yes, uh, I mean, here's the plus side. For Wheeler, it makes sense, you know, because. If you look at the way the MLF derbies are, you just weigh them all and you're good to go. He's lucky he put that 10-pounder yeah. in the live well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, whereas the other guys, like, they're pretty well used to fishing for five. You know, you should be able to keep that dialed in. <laughs> um, but anyway, in... Uh, so anyway, you got uh, Canada in second, who is 26 points back. I... Dude, I am getting a real Canada catches them on the Mississippi vibe. I I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I'm very I am very intrigued by this race. Uh No, I think you're I think you're it's it's good intuition to think feel like John's gonna catch him at the Mississippi because he grew up on rivers. Like he kinda cut his teeth. Yeah. And shallow rivers, He's shallow, power fishing. He's perfectly like, suited for it. Very much so. Um and then Spencer Sheffield. I, okay, I skipped John Cox. It looks like the Elite Series is going to have their tournaments, which makes me right. Which I think means we're going to miss we're going to miss John at the Mississippi. Yes, uh, which is a tragedy. Um, Gosh, it is. But uh, update about a redacted thing, Kyle. It was three bass, not three of the redacted things. Um, <laughs> folks, next week we will explain. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> I can't explain now. It's off the record, but next week, get ready for the ride of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so assuming the Elite Series does happen in New York as we think it is going to, we're going to miss Cox, which probably takes him out of the running for AOI. I mean, he's really good, but I don't think he's that good. Mm -hmm. um, but Sheffield is 54 points off, and feels i'm not gonna say it's like it's not a gimme and like man ron nelson is super awesome and all that i would not it also would not surprise me if sheffield makes up some ground at the mississippi because he's got like a lot of dumb arkansas river experience he seems to be fishing like super good right now i could see it oh yeah um but at the same time he's have to make up a lot of ground in order and then go into a tournament on the Great Lakes where Ron Nelson can fish for smallmouths. And I don't care what time of year mm -hmm. it is, what the situation is. 
I trust Ron Nelson and Smallmouths. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Is there anything else, any other AOI standings or anything like that you want to touch on? Because I feel like it's those three. Like, those are kind of the guys to watch out for. Yeah, because you get below, like, Gray Buck is in fifth with 700 points. So he's 62 points back. And then from there, it kind of starts to fall down into, like, the upper 600s. And I just, like, those guys have been catching them really good. I just don't think they'll be able to surpass, like, Nelson, Canada, and maybe Sheffield. Yeah, so, like, Jacob Wall is in seventh. He's at 692, which is not that far behind Sheffield. But for him to take over the lead, he's got to go over Hayes and Buck and Sheffield and Canada and no, like that's a lot to ask. It just the right, you know, at, incrementally it becomes harder the deeper you go. Um, right, and especially like you're saying with Nelson being on a smallmouth venue to like decide AOI. Yeah, like the dude, regardless of what happens at the Mississippi River, Nelson's going to bring it at the Detroit River, and there will be big bags of smallmouths hauled in by Mister Nelson. Yes, uh, I believe so. Um, I want to at least touch on Rookie of the Year right now. Uh, oh, sure. I haven't done all the math on this, and I need to actually get like the full list to make sure I'm just 100% dialed in. But I'm pretty sure in 28th place with 587 points, or sorry, 26th place, 600 points, Jimmy Washam is our current ROI leader. Um, oh. And then Jason Vance, 587 points. I'm pretty sure... And granted, keep in mind, I'm looking at uh, results that are a gigantic field, and I haven't all done this, so if I forget somebody, please, I'm sorry. Uh, Then I think, so I think it's those two, and then you've got Laramie Strickland in 36th place, 571, and then Baron Adams, 37th place, 570. And then, Mm. let's see... You gotta. Then it'd be like Cole Floyd. Yeah, Cole Floyd's a rookie, five fifty three in forty seventh place. Darren Gleason might be a rookie too. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, I believe he is. Uh, I know he's fished like everything for a while. Yeah, he's definitely his first year on the pro circuit. Um. So yeah, it's definitely. If you look at the standings, the rookies are not doing super well this year i mean they're not doing bad but like we've had years where the rookies have been you know kind of show stealers uh ron nelson last year was one of them granted he was like pretty you know superstar rookie coming into it uh, especially if <laughs> yeah. you know you are on the uh, kyle and jody wavelength um <laughs> so that is clutch uh and, but we can see some movement the rest of the way like i don't i For don't sure. know that For any sure. of these guys any of these rookies is like perfectly suited to really rocket up a leaderboard because i think all of them some of i would say most of them have already had the tournament that is best suited for them this year if that makes sense yeah um yeah but you know you can be wrong about that because you know a few years ago it was like oh dylan hayes he did nice and then he finished second and almost won uh, on St. <laughs> Clair. So like, stuff Claire. happens. <laughs> you know, you, you don't, you can't bank it all. But I, it's not like uh, it. It looks like our AO, our rookie of the year race. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to kind of fizzle as opposed to be like 
all right, we're coming down to the wire, and it's Matt Becker and Sheldon Collings on St. Clair. You know, it's right. I, I'm getting a, a more subdued vibe this year. But we'll see after the Mississippi, because then we'll really know who's in it. Um, though that's one thing. It's a, a slight, like, AOI, it's easy to pay attention to, even with these big fields. Because the AOI guys are, like, crushing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas rookie of the year or like just even trying to sort of decipher the bubble for the title that gets a lot muddier with an extra 50 some odd boats in it you know what i mean it really does it definitely i'm not against it because i think the super tournament was actually super fun like it was really cool uh Mm -hmm. but it that's those sort of secondary races that ordinarily now we would be like really thinking about, it seems like it's a little easier to not think about. For sure. Um, anyway, we've done, you know, probably a solid like hour on just Chickamauga. It feels like, (laughs) um, shall we, uh, actually only 38 minutes. (laughs) Um, not even bad. Yeah, no, we're just cruising along. Um, what's next? Is it Lake Erie? I think you should rap about Lake Erie. All right. Well, folks, I am personally stoked for this one. <laughs> uh, so the Northern Division of the Toyota Series uh, has undergone a number of schedule changes already this year, um, <laughs> as has everything. Uh, but very recently, we rescheduled or relocated the kickoff event, which was going to be out of Messina on uh, the St. Lawrence. I almost said Thousand Islands, which I guess would have made sense. But anyway, it's going to be on the St. Lawrence. We keep going farther and farther east on the St. Lawrence. I think that soon we're going to probably be taken off in the Atlantic um, at the rate that it seems like we're going. But uh, anyway, it's on the St. Lawrence. Uh, It's not on the St. Lawrence anymore now, though, because New York does not want people who might have COVID coming into New York. I can't say I blame them. Um, it's a disappointment for Scott Dobson, who I think was very much looking forward to going to a shallow smallmouth tournament on a river. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, now he's still going to a pretty good place. Um, but we're going to Lake Erie out of Sandusky. We haven't been to Sandusky, uh, for a while. Um, I think the last one was like 20, well, I should know this. Uh, it was 2015. We were there in August. The fishing was not really that good. Um, in 2018, we were on Erie on the Buffalo end. That's the east end. Uh, the fishing was really good. Uh, they only fished one day. Um, yeah, the weather wasn't so good. What? The weather the was bad. I mean, it was lovely. It was just really windy. Super windy. Um, not good for Great Lakes. Yeah, not what you want for Great Lakes. Now, this one here on the west end is... Like, I'm so excited to see what happens uh for one oh yeah their largemouth could be a factor um could I, be a factor i have i i go up and down on whether i should even think about paying attention to largemouth like a lot i think i am leaning toward not paying attention to largemouth now but they could be a factor because uh they're there uh, there are a lot of, like, bays and harbors and kind of cool things in and around. Um, 
Sandusky. Like, you've got Sandusky Bay proper, but then there's a lot of other places where you can get out of the primary Great Lakes Basin and uh, fish for largemouths. And a factor in this is that you can't go out to Pelee Island, which is in Canada, uh, because Canada doesn't want people in their country right now either. So they were just fishing U.S. waters. Um, the other factor... Which is curveball. Yeah, because normally this time of year, like Steve Clapper would get in and he'd go out and he'd do a lap around Pelee and come back with 24 pounds and then do it again the next day and do it again the next day and win the derby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Clapper and Trombley and, like, everybody who's around there is like, yeah, we don't really fish the U.S. this time of year. Because <laughs> from what I understand, a lot of those fish, they come and they spawn around the islands on the U.S. side. There's, like, Kelly Island and like a couple of islands called Bass Island, which I imagine are really good. And, you know, last year when I was there with Clapper, we rode out to Peewee in the fall. And as we're going by all these other islands, he's like, Caught an eight pounder there. Caught a nine pounder there. Caught a seven pounder <laughs> over there. Once I caught back to back seven pounders on that rock, and he's like, and of course we're not stopping on any of it. We're just going right out to Peely. I'm like, all right, Steve, you know what you know what you're doing. Uh, but so there's big fish around these places, and totally, there's definitely three days of twenty pound bags around all these islands of smallmouth, uh, or just generally in Lake Erie, not going in can- into Canada, but. Canada is where the juice is. Yeah. Yep. The other factor is, uh, let's say around 76 miles away from takeoff. And it's <laughs> called Lake St. Clair. Um, and this is the one that I'm fascinated by. And I have honestly, like, Dobson says if the weather's good, he's doing it. Clapper is like, yeah, there's guys who are going to do it. Or guys who know what's going on in St. Clair. Uh, I guess there were some tournaments last week in Canada, in Canadian waters on St. Clair. Clapper says like three guys had 25 pounds. So even if you can't do in even if you can't do that in Canadian waters, probably kind of crush it in U.S. waters in St. Clair right now. So that's very interesting. It is, however, 80 miles away. Or well. You know, 70-some-odd miles away, and it's across Lake Erie, and then up the uh, up the river, up the Detroit River, which is, they call it the Miracle Mile. It's, like, famously extremely rough. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Also, it might be even weirder now, because, like, maybe all the boats are, or maybe a lot of the boats are stuffed into one half of the river. Um, it's going to be, if, if it's calm, it'll be fine in the morning, but... Every afternoon running back through there is going to be a nightmare. Unless it's like raining and the weather's bad mm-hmm. and the pleasure boats don't go out. Um, and, of course, if it's rough in Lake Erie, that's also a nightmare. Uh, so. There's a lot of a lot of factors there. A lot of factors. Just to, like, get to where you actually want to make a cast. Yeah. <laughs> and to get back. Uh, Clapper, oh, yeah. Clapper told me that he's made, you know, 80 and 90 mile runs before. From Harley Ensign, you know, in St. Clair, out into Erie. But one of the things is St. Clair, it's less of a spot lake and more of an area and school kind of lake. And mm-hmm. Erie, it tends to be more of a spot lake. So, like, Erie, pretty good odds. If you, if you find them and you can get to them, 
they're going to still be there. Whereas St. Clair, yeah. that's a little more tenuous. Um, I don't know, man. I would hate to be making those decisions. I Definitely, that Miracle Mile situation is not something I want to be in without there being $40,000 on the line. Uh, yeah, like, that's sure. not my idea of a good time. Um, but, uh, dude, some things could happen. And you could see some guys make some pretty heroic runs. Uh, the one, the thing that we could also see that could be bad is, well, it wouldn't be, it could be bad for someone who wants to go to St. Clair, is we could totally see a day of this or two of this get canceled and just stuck in the bay. And you could fish the whole field mm. in Sandusky Bay, from what I understand. Like, it's big enough, there's enough water, we've done it with college tournaments and other tournaments in the past. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of a little crowded, a little worse. Not what you want, but a lot safer than being like, yeah, try to run out 100 miles and don't die, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. Because I think the days of Steve Clapper riding out, you know, 40 miles in nine-footers probably passed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, probably. Which is probably smart uh, from a safety perspective, but uh, definitely a little less cool from a giant wave perspective. Um, mm-hmm. but dude it's gonna be I first of all I'm excited to get the Northern Division kicked off cause you know these are my guys this is what I love it's smallmouth yeah, time sure. we're so we're all gosh I can't wait for smallmouth man um, <laughs> but uh, I cannot this tournament is gonna be it's gonna be cool I think or it has the potential to be like extremely cool and so do you think after or on day one, do you think we will see a largemouth bag in the top ten? I think so. I cool. That's my vibe. Now I, I could be wrong, right? And it sounds like it sounds like maintaining any kind of largemouth bag could be really hard. Like, yeah, because you have most of these largemouth tournaments that you have out there. They're like usually one day. They're usually team tournaments, and like catching eighteen or nineteen pounds is really impressive. Uh, now guys have caught huge bags there. Like there've been like 25 pound bags of largemouth caught there, but it's not something you do with any degree of regularity. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't think I don't think it I will think last that, yeah, long, I think that we could but, see some largemouth bags. I think that if you just kind of do the math on how many four pound largemouth are there versus how many four pound smallmouth are there, it seems to yeah. me that the smallmouth are kind of faded to win out, even if a bunch of them are going to Canada. Because, man, dude, Erie For is sure. chock full of four-pound smallmouth. But uh, I'm happy to be surprised. Like, I'm trying to go into this with a pretty open mind because it's not like Champlain where we have a lot of history there, and that history tells you that pretty much anything can happen, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to Erie where we have... Not much history, but basically all of that history says if you can get to them, you got to fish for a smallmouth. And yes. maybe we're going to make some new history this week, or maybe we're just going to kind of add on to, you know, conventional wisdom. Either way, we'll learn something, you know? No doubt. Um, but, uh, gosh, I'm, dude, I can't wait to start. I cannot wait to get there to ride out on Erie. I love the Great Lakes. Um, my boat driver for this one has like a walleye boat. So yeah. 
we're gonna you know we're gonna let it rip heck yeah um but anyway that's the that's the plan it should be tremendously fun um and you know i'm extremely looking forward to this is not like matt becker's preferred section of the lake he knows the middle section of the lake a lot more uh but i would be totally down to like watch a little matt becker great lakes domination because he's putting putting some time in out there he's not dude he, he is into this thing and you know he's gonna fish for smallmouth. you know he has got the skills you need to do this like just dialed in um i would i would love to i he kind of like when he won at the thousand islands you know running out to ontario and beat chris johnston this is back in the day before he was on tour that was really cool but it kind of snuck up on us a little bit you know like we took some photos we we took photos of him you know we were we, we were in and around him but really it's like the johnstons are there this is who we're watching this is the deal well you know, my back ain't nothing can up on anyone anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, let's, uh, I'm, I would be totally down for a Matt Becker party. Um, but I guess we'll see. There are, it, Clapper's not sure if he's going to fish the tournament or not yet. If he fishes it, gosh, would I love to, could you imagine if he won this thing and like really, I'm not saying went out in style, cause it's not like he's done fishing ever, but like, you know. Oh dude, it'd be so cool though. He could, uh. He could really make some waves. That'd be fun. Um, anyway, you have another meeting to go to, so we need to like wrap up, which means we need to talk about high school fishing. Yeah. Um, on the look uh, on lacrosse, Mississippi River. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, do you have this story up? Do you want to give us the rundown, or should I? Uh, I do have it up. I haven't really read it. Uh, because this happened while Chickamauga was going on. Yes. But um, basically, uh, high school championship, uh, it, let's see, Lawson uh, Losey and Cooper Tweet, Tweety, Tweet. I like Tweety, but I bet that's not <laughs> how it's pronounced. We're just going to say Lawson and Cooper. Yeah. Uh from Riceville High School, which is in Iowa, they won it. Um, so this Heck was yeah, a Iowa forever. Limit. Am I right? <laughs> whoop, whoop. Uh, this was uh, three fish limit. They had thirty pounds four ounces uh, over three days. Which is good. It is good. Uh, they weighed um, eleven two on the final day, uh, which for three fish on the river, especially, I mean, that's a pretty uh, pretty stout limit. They won by like only a couple pounds, so that, you know kids were catching them pretty good. Yeah, and they were fishing um, shallow and in pool nine, which nine is yeah. down the river, correct? Low south. Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, Lacrosse is in pool eight. Seven is immediately above it. Nine is a little Considering more. Considering I fished to a to... tournament in this, I should uh, last year. I should like have a grasp on where all these things are. <laughs> you should, but it's okay. Um, um, I never did go yeah, to nine. I, I, I should have like, gone to nine in retrospect, but you know, live and learn. Uh, they had like a three hundred yard stretch uh, that they uh, caught most of their fish out of down to nine, and uh, I guess that's really all like uh, all we know about it. Yeah, uh, they so they caught them pretty good. 
the there was also a world finals going on at the same time um mm-hmm. which is you know interesting uh anyway tucker veroni and landon grambling uh who are from south carolina uh won that um and they had let's see they had nine six on the final day and i think that they zero the weights in that one i think they i'm not a hundred percent sure um yeah i'm pretty sure actually i'm i'm like much closer to 100 percent sure than i was before uh almost all of these teams like really leaned on largemouths uh if you scroll through the pictures you can only see one small mouth uh i don't think that you know it's uh i don't know that that means a whole lot going ahead toward our event because we are farther ahead of it you know um right and there's like a a, there's still sort of there's a lot left to happen there's a lot more uh season to go um but uh that's that's what we know about it anyhow yes um if we got any emails we are i have either answered them separately or we thank you for your input, and we're sorry we didn't get to them this week. If you have any other emails, though, uh, where can people hit us up? Oh, you can uh, hit us up, podcast at flwfishing.com. We'd love hearing from you. For sure. Um, flwfishing.com this week for the Toyota Series Northern Division kickoff on Erie. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, well, the weigh-in will feature smallmouths, so get hyped. Get hyped. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. Uh, FLW is on all sorts of social media. You can find that. Kyle, you're on Instagram. It's Kyle Lumber. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's Jody Blanco. I think that pretty much covers things. I think it does. Um, Jody, safe travels to uh, Sandusky. And uh, until, I guess, next week when we get to talk more about smallmouths, uh, everyone have fun fishing. Stay tuned to smallmouth pictures, baller smallmouth pictures, I should say, from Jody and Kobe. And uh, yeah, I guess with that, see you.